everybody. Thanks for joining us. I don't know if you're listening to us on the Crime Scene Queen podcast or if you're listening to the Inside the Morgue podcast, but whichever platform and whichever episode you're listening to, welcome. This is Shelly. I'm one of your Crime Scene Queens. And this is Laura, another Crime Scene Queen. Hi, I'm Alice. I'm from Inside the Morgue. I'm an autopsy tech. And I'm Jess. I'm also from Inside the Morgue, and I am an autopsy tech, too. And I have to say, I love your podcast. I just want to just totally just jump in real quick and start this off and then we can like go back, I guess, and backtrack. But I listened to your episode, I think it was like 27 or something, but it was the I may wear scrubs, but I don't work in a hospital. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. So I don't watch I don't watch the TV show Scrubs, but I have to say that it was absolutely hilarious and coming off of losing my voice and being sick. I'm kind of, you know, coughing a little bit and I'm thinking to myself, well, is that my right lobe, which, or my right lung, which has like three lobes or my left lung that has like two lobes? Like, which one am I coughing from? Like, how is this working? And <laughs> yeah, so funny. I have to say that, yeah, the, the little tidbits of, of learning facts and stuff like that, absolutely appreciate. I think that, you know, it's, it's kind of cool because both of us, uh, we, oh, I should say not both of us, all four of us we have our podcast that kind of do the same thing. So we give little tidbits of information and 401, we just kind of drop it in there, throw it in there. So anyway, mm -hmm. so, all right, back to, um, I digress, well, I apologize. actually, I have to say that I think that my first episode that caught my eye on Inside the Morgue, because I, I saw you guys, because there's like a few mutual like Instagram accounts. So I saw the account on Instagram and then I went through like a click hole and then I ended up on the show and then I saw an episode that said, a body farm is exactly what it sounds like. I'm like, okay, well, I'm listening to that one as an anthropology nerd. And Obviously. then this podcast is against mailing drugs. I'm like, ooh, we're getting better. And there's, what's the arsenic one? Arsenic and arsenic potatoes. Arsenic and potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I thought that was oh so funny. We tried to really win with our titles. It's exactly <laughs> you what did. did. Yeah, your titles are awesome. So um, I, I guess, you know, just in case, I don't know which platform people are listening to us on. So I'm Shelly and I am your courtroom cat from Crime Scene Queens. And I'm considered a courtroom cat because I actually am in the legal field and I also do forensics. So I volunteer for forensics and I teach it. But my main paid job right now is in the legal field. And I've been doing that for... Gosh, about 25 years or so. Laura, who are you? Well, I am your friendly crime scene investigator and uh, also a crime scene queens. And I, you know, now at this point, since a few people have like called me out for on online for not directly working for a PD currently. Otherwise, by the way, I wouldn't be able to do this show. As of right now, I'm a professor of crime scene investigation. I uh, work <laughs> for forensic training and I do a little bit of consulting on the side. So I still keep my toes wet in the uh, forensics field. And you can definitely catch me at all the forensics conferences. By the way, like before we get into U2's intro, like on the autopsy tech side, do you guys participate in like American Academy of Forensic Sciences or International Association for Identification? Or do you guys have like other conferences and stuff that you go to? I've looked into AAFS mm -hmm. trying to yeah, become a member. Yeah. I forget what the criteria is for becoming a member. Obnoxious, because I'm a member. It's but obnoxious. there's also, yeah. it's like the National Association of Forensic Autopsy Techs. Is oh, another right. one out there. Yes. And I've listened yes. to that. But you have to have, now that I do, you have to be working in the field as a tech for over a year. Mm -hmm. to, oh, like, you talk about it now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Well, I guess tell Shelly and I then about like you, what you two do and like how like you started doing your show. Cause I, I know that we kind of briefly have chatted about this before, but like, I'm sure the crime scene queen audience wants to know more about you guys too. Yeah. So hi, I'm Jess. Uh, we're from inside the morgue and I got, kind of got into this field. I knew I wanted to get into it since my undergrad, uh, experience. I did my internship where I'm currently working and that's when I knew I fell in love with it. And I was like, yes, this is the field and the path for me. Uh, went on to get my master's. I was working at a, a whole body donation center before I started doing autopsy tech work. And then I got into my current job and met Alice. And one day we were literally Googling best side hustles. I think I jokingly said at one point I was like we should open a bar called the morgue (laughs) and then I was like or we should have a podcast called the morgue and then Jess was like no inside the morgue and then it just like (laughs) Jess really going back and forth with it Jess really took it and ran with it Jess did like all the research on like how do we record how do we publish this how do we make this happen oh so you're the study bug huh once I have an idea I I have to roll with it and I was like, oh, my God, we're doing this. This is amazing. And Yay. So how long have you had the show? Since. Oh, oh my God. We've had, I think, 28 or 29. Weeks ago. I know we do an episode <laughs> every week. So 28 weeks ago, however long it is. So it's been like a little over six months. Oh, my gosh. Shelly, how many episodes do we even have? I don't even know how many episodes well, we have. I don't know, but I'm interested. I don't count. We, we have to learn about <laughs> Alice. Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Alice. <laughs> I'm an autopsy tech. Um, so I graduated with my bachelor's a while ago in biological sciences. And I actually worked as a molecular biologist for a while at a biotech company. I did that for about five years. And I've always been fascinated and in love with the field of forensics. But for some reason, I got it in my brain that like, I it was just a fever dream. I could never actually do it. Hmm. And finally, one day I decided to just like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And I applied to grad school and I got my master's in biomedical sciences, concentrating in forensics. And and I got my job as an autopsy tech and I haven't looked back and I love it. I'm glad you didn't listen to yourself. I know. It took me (laughs) five years, but I finally (laughs) stopped. Okay. So explain to the audience what exactly is an autopsy tech? And the reason why this is so important is because I cannot tell you how many times I told people that I was a crime scene investigator. Oh, so what, you cut open bodies and stuff? No. (laughs) Everyone, when I say I'm a forensic autopsy tech, they're like, oh, my God, what's it like going to scenes? And I'm like, I don't know. I I don't do that. (laughs) No, the other way. I've I've gone to one scene as part of my training, and that was it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Going to scenes is not in our job description. So that, what yeah. an autopsy tech is, is we are basically in the autopsy room and assisting the pathologist, mainly doing the evisceration, getting toxicology, taking every photo imaginable. And that's kind of what our role is. Yeah. All right. Tell everybody what evisceration is because we know, <laughs> but they don't. Using big words. It's removing the organs. Yes. So viscera, that's like your internal organs. So Mm -hmm. evisceration, you're taking those out and you're giving them to a doctor to inspect. And block. Yes. (laughs) And block. Which we don't do, actually. We actually don't usually do end block. We usually do organ by organ, which I believe is called for Chow's method. Mm -hmm. Ooh. I've seen a doctor do both. Rokotansky is end block. Yeah. 
Listen, I love that sexy knowledge. I've seen a doctor do it both ways. And I have to say that for drama and block is way more impactful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like unpacking a suitcase if all of your stuff was like in a laundry bag. Yeah. Like you're like lifting. <laughs> I love that description. I also have to say, so we're also big fans of your show. I think Jess actually listened to you first and was like, I've Alice. I listened to every episode and I'm so obsessed with Aww. you guys. Oh, thank you. And I, told Alice that. I was like, Alice, check this podcast out because you're going to love it. And I think the first episode I listened to was one where you talk about autopsies. And I love that episode. I love it too. And I. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the first one I listened to. Yeah, it caught my eye. I was like, gotta listen to this one. And I forget which one of you said it, but you described the skull uh-huh. breaker as like a flathead screwdriver. And that is the best description of that because I never know how to explain it to people. And now that's what mm-hmm. I say. You know, Shelly, I think, is the one that brought the point that a lot of the tools used in like autopsy suites oh, is basically Home Depot stuff. It's not like anything outside of some of the saws or like. We literally have hedge trimmers. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Whenever someone comes in to either shadow or observe an autopsy for any reason, at least one person is like, uh, I have those in my garage. <laughs> yeah. You use them a little differently than we do. <laughs> Hopefully, right? And like the head cradle thing, the cradle that you rest the skull on, you know, it looks different depending on like what they had bought that day. Like one agency had just literally cut like a little semicircle out of a block of wood. And then some people bought those little, you know, like for um, when we have skulls, we have the little foam rings. Mm -hmm. Some people have foam rings. So like, it's not even like there's a, yeah, yeah, there's not like a standard autopsy equipment. It's like whatever the doctor prefers their tools to be is my experience. What's clean is, is sometimes, you know, that that's, (laughs) there's, there it is right there. It might be clean, but it's not sterile. Yes. That's an important rule in the morgue. Don't Mm. touch anything without gloves. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. always Double wear gloves. your PPE, you're including your goggles, so you don't have an overexplode in you. Not in you, on you, in your <laughs> eye, I was going to say, but <laughs> never mind. Oh my gosh. That makes me think of the episode where I put the bone in my eye. Oh my God. Wait, I remember that one. <laughs> I listened to that one. <laughs> it's so gross. Okay. So, one thing that I remember about like hanging out during autopsies is some doctors got really fancy with the music. In fact, the hottest pathologist I ever worked with always played Metallica. Ooh. And I don't even like Metallica that much, but he was so hot that now I think of them fondly. <laughs> I love it. I feel like we always play. I mean, whatever the pathologist is in the mood for, some of them don't like to have music, but I feel yeah. like Dua Leap is a go-to. <gasps> really? Dua has been a go-to That's lately. Funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. And sometimes when I'm like, at the end of the day, if I'm setting up for the next day, I will put on some Metallica mm-hmm. sometimes. It depends on my mood. Nice. I'm very into my chemical romance, so sometimes that'll be playing in the morgue. Which, Old school like, 90s. Really seals my like emo phase Same. from high school <laughs> when I'm like in a morgue listening to my <laughs> chemical romance. As autopsy techs, obviously, you know, I was listening to you to introduce yourselves and, you know, we've talked before, but our audience, I'm sure some of them may have a question of, so you mean you weren't little and said, when I grow up, this is what I want to do. Do you think that there's anyone out there that's like, when they were little, they were like, this is what I want to do. That has never been operation a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I loved operation. My boyfriend's mom actually, as a joke for Christmas, got me the game Operation and said she gave it to me so I could work from home. And she gave me 
I but it said her. it like on the outside it was like so you can work from home and I'm like what the hell is this gonna be oh <laughs> my gosh that's operation. so rad do you play it yes <laughs> <laughs> it's in our living room right now <laughs> oh yeah we need to hear the story yeah I feel like Shelly kind of is the inception of this so this is kind of a crazy thing I literally had met Laura few hours before. So the day that I met Laura, because we both work for the same company um, teaching and went to this bar waiting for our dinner reservations. A bunch of us were hanging out. More people ended up showing up. We didn't have enough chairs for the table. So I look over and I see a table of guys and uh, I also describe them as nerds. And I was like, there's extra chairs over there. They're nerds. They're not waiting for anyone. So I go over there and I was like, hey, can I have those chairs? You guys waiting for people. And they're like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, what are you here for? And I was like, oh, boy, here it goes. We're here for the forensics conference. And they're like, oh, that's here. I said, yeah, what are you guys here for? They're like, oh, the podcast conference. I'm like, oh, OK, didn't know that that was a thing. OK, cool. And so then they told me that I could have the chairs as long as I came back. So I grabbed one chair, <laughs> went back and was like, Laura, I need you to get my six, girl. I don't, I don't understand these nerds. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but whatever. So then I go back over and then we started chatting and then they were like, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? I was like, nope. And they say, well, why don't you meet up with us? And so the next day, Laura and I met up with them and that's kind of our long story. But yeah, long story short. I've listened to like four podcast episodes like ever. I'm not sure that you even really want me to do this. Also, Mm -hmm. I just didn't know if like I knew that people found what we do interesting, but there are boundaries on what I was willing to share based on our casework on this show, despite what any of our audience might think (laughs) compared to some of the stuff that's been put out already. But there are boundaries with certain sensitive cases that I'm just not going to go there with. So I'm like, well, there's going to be this and that. And I don't want to have to like, oh, well, here's here's how we do photography and here's how you use a fingerprint brush. And then as it turns out, people actually want to know that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they really do. I was like, no one wants to hear about courtroom testimony and they loved it. So yeah, it's just, it's, I I thought the same thing, but I mean, everyone obviously, obviously wants to hear about what's inside the morgue. Not always. (laughs) I like it. Honestly, like whenever I tell people like what I do for a living, it's either oh, that's so cool. Like, tell me about it. Or I get like, ew, that's what you do. Oh, mm-hmm. there's yeah. no in between. Exactly. Either everybody, someone wants to know everything about what you do or they want you to stop talking immediately. <laughs> yeah. You know, when people like kind of are judgy about the field like that, because believe it or not, CSIs get that too. Whenever you get that face, I'm like, oh, you look fun. Oh my gosh, I was talking to somebody online the other day. I realized that I don't even know what I would do for like a crime scene in snow. Oh, wow. There was a case that I think it happened over the holiday weekend. I think the temperatures dropped here like so low, like they were in the mm-hmm. teens. And there was a body literally frozen and it had to like stay in one of our enclosed suites to literally thaw out so we could do an autopsy. That's so rad. I wasn't here over the holidays. Oh, you had a human-sicle. A human-sicle. So, okay, I have a question for you guys because I just used a word and now I'm very cognizant of when I use two different words. One of them is rad and the other one is 100%. It's like a and, vocal tick. Yeah, it kind of is. That's like our Jane Doe episode where we said spooky I was just going to say, it was our Halloween episode or around Halloween and we watched the scary movie Autopsy of Jane Doe and we just kept saying spooky 
There was no other word to describe what we were talking about. <laughs> that was a two-part episode, and I remember, so the first part, we said spooky a bunch, and I remember the second part, I was, like, typing out a little mini-script just so we had, like, talking points, yeah. and I was, like, using a thesaurus to look for other <laughs> words for spooky. You're gonna be like, ghoulish. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ghoulish. Yeah, creepy. Creepy. Crawly. What, what are other synonyms of spooky? See, now I forget. No, I, can't I can't think of anything think of but anything. spooky. How many scientists does it take? How many women in STEM does it take to come up with a synonym for spooky? Creepy. I, creepy, I said a lot again. So in our show, we do a lot of mitigating false science that's put out there by the media. Do you, in your show, have a lot of opportunities to address things or your own version of the CSI effect, like where people oh, yeah. misunderstand mm-hmm. what the like, like, tell me a little bit about that and like how you've come across that. So we watch any and all CSI or like any crime drama that we can. And we play the fun little game of giving it red flags or green flags. So if they do something right, they get a green flag. I've heard you do red that. Red flag if they do something wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. We've seen so There's many red flags. So many red flags. The darkness of the room. Oh, it's, it's always a dark room. And no one wears any PPE. They always do it in the middle of the night. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, it's spooky. <laughs> Very on brand. Yes, <laughs> it's ominous. There we go. Oh. Do you guys have a version of the Dale Earnhardt law where you are? Do you uh, have an awareness of that law? I know of it because I've listened to your podcast and you've mentioned it. Yeah, before. that's the only reason I know it. <laughs> yeah. So before that, we were, and it's kind of modified um, within the parameters of each autopsy, like organization because at the end of the day Dale Earnhardt law is what it is like you can't distribute these photos like at all they're no longer subject to public records requests and all of this but we were for a while allowed to go in and collect our own next to the forensic photographer like our own series of crime scene photos but you know somebody did something and then we were not allowed to do that anymore and I didn't mind but we had a separate forensic photographer than the autopsy text. So does that role merge for you guys? Yes. Yeah, we're basically okay. the forensic photographers and autopsy tech all in They're one. Both a, yeah, that's a lot of... Um, yeah, somebody's got to have clean hands in there. We actually, we have a system. <laughs> tell me tell me your clean hands system, because I'm just sitting there <laughs> thinking, how could you possibly I mean, <laughs> do that without wasting? Our camera in the back is a designated dirty camera. Yeah, I see. Mm-hmm. We have two cameras in the back. I'll let Jess field this question because she's like the the photography expert. <laughs> she went to a conference for it and is so good at it. Ooh! I went to a training in Colorado. So our system, we do switch off every other day, primary, secondary. So whoever's primary does the main cutting for that day if we have autopsies. And then the secondary will do all of the photos with cleaner gloves than the primary. And they'll take care of all the toxicology and packaging up of everything on that side. And it's a really good system. We have a really good flow in the back. Yeah, it's really. We just know what the other is doing. We don't even have to like tell somebody. We're like, all right, got it. Do you have a favorite cut? Like organ to take out? I don't care. Is there, (laughs) is it the, I don't care. What is your favorite cut? I do love the why. You like the why? I think taking the kidneys out. I was going to say kidneys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the same person. Why? Why is it so much fun? They're like a, in a sack within a sack. So okay, it's balls. Like the kidney, and then there's this like other protective sack, and then <laughs> they tell me more. Stay in fat. So it's 
so you cut into that and you have to peel you it like away. You like pop it out. <laughs> and it's just so satisfying because it comes out so smooth. Yeah. It's like garlic where you just go bloop. I like that noise yeah. when they peel the head oh, it skin. It sounds like Velcro. Yes, yes. When you take the head skin. <laughs> yeah. What's the proper term for like you like peel it off? The scalp peel. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah, scalp peel. It sounds like a beauty treatment. <laughs> we can, open, a, we can open our own med spa. I was going to say, next to the bar, we'll have a spa. <laughs> a med spa. You can get a new face here. Oh, my gosh. That's so amazing. That is so but amazing. But I also I love like that plastron crack. I do enjoy... I sound like a serial killer. No, you don't. Okay, thank I you. Mean, I did Not at all. I member for science. That's so true. I understand. <laughs> When you're doing the skulk, like you're taking off the calvarium, the top of the skull. Oh, me too. Do the bone saw, but then you do the skull breaker and you put it in and you twist and it like clicks. Yeah. And it's like, it's not clicks. It like And then it pops off the calvaria. uh, Yeah. That might be one Mm -hmm. of my favorite parts. Have you seen Mars Attacks? It's an older movie now. I know of it. Haven't seen it. So the way the aliens in this movie look is they have kind of like humanoid faces, not very human but the brain is like very external yeah i know what you're talking about (laughs) so whenever i would walk into an autopsy suite and the brain was exposed because they had removed the calvaria oh sorry guys so the calvaria is (laughs) thank you you know i was gonna get there (laughs) yes i mean i'll let the ladies of science explain why (laughs) but essentially (laughs) at some point they will remove the calvaria of the cranium which is if you think about your eyebrows and above like kind of like the bottle cap of your head that's a perfect explanation <laughs> i don't think anyone could nail that better than that you just did laura like the bottle cap absolutely Amazing. like <laughs> pop it off <laughs> i love the way brains look i like the way that that livers feel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you're like oh you're an alcoholic oh you're so hard and you're like oh you're super squishy you didn't have any alcohol in your life <laughs> I like when the doctors look super creepy while they're slicing the organs with that huge knife. And it looks like they're preparing a delicatessen. Yep. (laughs) Huge knife. No. Yes. There's no knife. 12 or 14 inches. Yeah. After we take the organs out, they cut them with like a bigger knife. On a cutting board and everything. Literally like a dissection knife is what it's called. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like, well, okay. So for some organs, yeah. But like. The brain when I when I found the stroke in the brain, like the doctor was was literally like slicing the brain, and it was yeah. like filleting very very gently, but it wasn't even that it wasn't a huge knife. It was like a fillet knife. No, this is a different like thing. A fillet knife that I used when I would fillet the fish after I caught them because I'm kind of a hick. <laughs> so you like you descale them and then you fillet the fish and then you cook yeah. it. That can be a drink. Descaling the body, <laughs> it can be green. <laughs> descaling. Oh, we could have. Oh, with Goldschlager, and we could have the little gold flakes. Oh my god, that's uh. genius. Okay, so are we going into business or what? The four of us. I think we have to. When both of our shows blow up, we will invest in this bar. And it's where's happening. it going to be at, though? It'll be a chain. There has to be multiple locations. A chain. Perfect. A chain. A chain. I don't need to stay in California. Franchise. A franchise, a franchise, yeah. Franchise, for sure, for sure. We're we're getting a little 411 here, yes. (laughs) So, like, how do you guys feel about DCOMs as autopsy techs? Oh, God. Very. Oh, my God, this smells amazing. What do you mean? (laughs) Shelly loves talking about DCOM smell. I love it. But, like, what do you do? Like, autopsy and DCOM. Worst cases to work on because the smell just lingers forever and it doesn't go away.
Did you hear my hair wash rule, though? Yeah. You know my hair mm-hmm. wash rule. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so they would never shower or wash their hair, Laura. You have to understand this. Jess and Alice, how many days a week do you ladies work? Six days. Six? We work every six. other Saturday. Yeah, we alternate Saturdays. Okay, yeah. So they would literally never wash their hair, Laura. Okay, but that's okay, not true because I have gotten <laughs> myself down to only once every five days hair washing. I've been, I've been trying to do it less, especially I've recently gone blonde. And so like I'm trying to not ruin my color now, but this it's is so natural. hard. It looks weird because my lighting is super weird. I look like I'm a ghost. I have no, no idea. I, I don't understand. I don't know. It's probably the computer. I have no idea, but whatever. It's fine. <laughs> but this hair is naturally blonde. And if I don't wash it every day, it turns to grease. Because you wash it every day. Okay. Well, hold on. Let me tell the, uh, the okay, decomp tell, tell, tell first. The, tell the story. Okay. Sorry. Tell the story. So, when you wash your hair, it strips it of oils and it basically leaves all of those follicles open. So if you have washed your hair the day of a decomp, you are effed in the A for the next few days because all of that smell gets absorbed into your hair. If you haven't, then it'll probably come off a lot quicker. Okay. So if you've washed your hair, wear one of those stupid showering cap things to protect it and maybe you'll have a fighting chance of not bringing the smell home mm-hmm. with you as badly. We do yeah. wear caps in the morgue, yeah. but they're not like plasticky. They're still like... Get yourself a shower cap for yeah. hair wash day. <laughs> so really quickly, because again, off topic, you have to wash your hair every day because you wash your hair every day. Your hair is like any other part of your body. It responds to how you live. The food you eat, the way that you work out or not, your hair is a living thing most of it, right? So if you wash it and strip it of the oils every single day, it will respond by producing enough oil to replace what you stripped it of. So if you put your hair like in a ponytail and just deal with the grease trap for a day, you'll notice that every time you extend it a day, it'll be less and less painful for you to have ickiness. And this, you could also just stick it in a braid or a messy bun. Big fan of the messy bun, like right on top of my head. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh, you guys, I feel like we could do this forever. I okay, know. so I think we should do like a follow-up episode. Yeah, I'm oh, so down for that. We should do an episode where you guys, we watch a show together and we all rip it apart. <gasps> cool. Oh, yes. Cool. Before, before we wrap up, what TV shows do you guys think portray the most accuracy towards CSIs and forensic legal. files, hundred percent. I have had a really hard time finding something accurate because they always have to fluff it up a yeah. bit. Yeah, Dateline's good for like a little bit of legal stuff in there too. Mm-hmm. But forensic okay. files is on point. I think for forensics, right? Uh, okay, I do appreciate Dateline. When I'm in trial, I cannot watch Law and Order because it frustrates me so bad because I'm like, exactly. that is so not even true. <laughs> I was going to ask Shelly about Law and Order and yeah, I wanted no. to ask Laura about Bones because you're anthropology. Do you hate Bones? Oh, I can you hate Bones. So, so- <laughs> <laughs> I love this. When she gets that look, I love this. So here's the deal with Bones. First of all, do you know that Bones is based on a series of books by a woman named Kathy Rikes. I actually did not know that. Okay. So Kathy Rikes is a real forensic anthropologist. She created Temperance Brennan as, you know, to be a 
truthful, true to the science anthropologist. And if you read the books, it's phenomenal. So the first few seasons of Bones, the only real beef I had with it is there was a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff that we experience in forensics with the CSI effect, like a lot of expedited processes, like a maceration of a full human body has taken us sometimes nearly a month to be done properly. And I think there was an episode where the maceration happened in like an hour or something. And for those of you who don't know what a maceration is, the word maceration means to soften with water. So if you think about deboning a chicken by boiling it, sorry, y'all, we do that with people when their decomposition state is too advanced to create an identity from looking at them, their soft tissue isn't present enough. We're doing some kind of excavation. Basically, whenever the soft tissue content of the human being is not enough to do a good human identity or trauma analysis. So we will then macerate down to the skeletal material to create the biological profile that you heard me discuss in the skulls episode and a little bit in previous episodes. So they really, really make that process look way too effing easy. The lab that she works in is very, very cool and like museum worthy rather than an actual lab. In fact, most anthropologists work out of a medical examiner's office. Unless you're associated with a university that has the capacity, we don't typically have our own lab to always bring things back to. And if we do, it's not such a big space. So the first few seasons of Bones, I totally am down with overall. But then you can tell like, Hollywood kind of like ran with it and had to make it a thing. And it's kind of obnoxious because I remember being somewhat pleased initially. Mm. That's my long answer. I appreciate that. I appreciate that answer. I had a feeling you were going to (laughs) not love Bones. Well, because like they didn't have to ruin it with bullshit, but they did. Yeah. Okay. So can I just say something about Bones? I don't really watch Bones, but one of my dogs, my Frenchie, is named Zoe after Zoe Deschanel. Oh, and she's so cute. Her too, yeah. sister is Dr. Bones, Dr. Brennan. Yes. Yeah. That's Zoe Deschanel's yeah. sister. So, yeah. So, that's the only reason why I really even know anything about Bones. I love yeah. that. Emily Deschanel. Yeah. Emily, yes. that's right. I couldn't remember yeah. her name. And plus, David Boreanaz is in it. So, I was super excited to watch it for that reason because I was a Buffy the Vampire <gasps> Slayer fan. Angel. Yes. Yeah. And I'm oh still gosh. pissed they didn't end up together, by the way, at it's the end of those spoiler shows. Like, I don't watch Spoiler Buffy. alert. I mean, for, you know. <laughs> it ended in like the <laughs> early. 2000 okay guys so basically you will have to like check out both of our shows if you guys are listeners i mean you guys if you've not already had enough of this you can get a little from column a and a little (laughs) from column b by going to crime scene queens or inside the morgue to hear more hilarity and ridiculousness absolutely So we're going to put links in our show notes to both shows. Yeah, same for us. We need to definitely watch a movie and give our input. And instead of having like, you know, like a glass of wine or something, we need to have different drinks and (gasps) name them. Yes. We can do like bartending bombshell STEM women. Yeah. And we'll like have ingredient lists and... Yeah. So listeners, if you guys have any ideas, definitely, you know, hit us all up. Yeah. Shoot us your best forensic related drink ideas so you can either send them to at crime scene queens or at inside the morgue on instagram do you guys do uh, tiktok too we're just on instagram and we're at inside the morgue pod inside the morgue pod yep inside nice. the morgue was taken yeah i know we went to try and make it inside the morgue was taken someone else had it but rude so rude <laughs> bet you they're not as fun as we are as y'all are here i am including me i'm like yeah i'm part of this you, you are <laughs> 
We're all part of each other's shows now. <laughs> our so siblings. Our sisters. So amazing. Yes. Y'all are sisters oh from another. God. We're like each other's huh? weird cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are amazing. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for being on our show. Thank you for being on ours. We really appreciated this. I know that, you know, I hope our our listeners did as well. I love it. Bye for now, everyone. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Crime Scene Queens is a Q Code Media production. Executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson. Produced by Ryan Countshouse. Edited by Will Tendy. Theme song and music by Darren Johnson. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.